Welcome to the Everyday Conversion Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Sievercrop, and I am just like you. I'm busy with work, family, kids, church, and a million other responsibilities. And honestly, some days I miss my personal scripture study and prayers. And some days we as a family miss our scripture study and prayer. But I'm trying. So if you're not perfect in living the restored gospel of Jesus Christ, but you're trying, well, get along great, and this is the place for you. Five days a week, I'll share a brief episode, often based on the Come Follow Me curriculum for that week, that I'm using to have daily conversations with my kids, whether we're on our way to school or on our way home or if it's real quick before dinner. And you're welcome to use them to do the same with your family or your personal study. Just know that the views and opinions I share are mine alone and do not represent the official doctrine and viewpoint of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Now let's jump right in with today's episode. Christ is often referred to as the Good Shepherd. And that's a title that I think held much more significance and meaning in the society that Christ live in, lived in than it does today. I mean, I don't know about you, but when was the last time you were driving down the road and you saw a shepherd walking in a field with his sheep following him? I got to be honest, I don't think I've ever seen it. <laughs> and I live in a small town. I live in a rural community. I live out on a farm. And yet I have never seen that. So when we hear this imagery, I think sometimes we miss and we forget everything that means. So in John chapter 10, the Savior says, and I'll read verses 1 through 5 to start with, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. So there's this, you know, they talk about a sheepfold. And I was trying to understand exactly what what this means and, and kind of what the significance of that is. And as I have been doing a lot, and as I do again today, I, I turned to Elder Bruce R. McConkie and his doctrinal New Testament commentary. And he says, and I think this is really important, because it makes, without understanding this, what the Savior says in those first five verses doesn't make sense. You know, he's talking about, let's see, you know, he talks about a sheepfold and he talks about climbing up some other way and entering by a door um, and, and the shepherd calling him by name. And that's not something, like I said, that, that we've seen that we would understand. So uh, Elder McConkie says, <clears throat> actually, he's quoting, uh, it looks like Dumelo, and I'm not sure what, what book that is, but he's quoting someone. Um, who's explaining this. So it wasn't Elder McConkie, but he's quoting this. And it says, To understand the imagery, it must be remembered that eastern folds are large open enclosures into which several flocks are driven at the approach of night. There is only one door, which is a, which a single shepherd guards, while the others go home to rest. In the morning, the shepherds return, are recognized by the doorkeeper, 
call their flocks round them and lead them forth to pasture. So understanding that, it makes much more sense. I mean, this is like a, a huge enclosure that's uh, protected on all sides where the shepherds were able to bring their sheep at night so that they could be protected, so they could be kept safe, you know, and, and later on, you know, we'll read, it talks about thieves and robbers and I mean, there's wolves and, you know, other predators, um, you know, and, and honestly, I mean, if you think about it, if you go back to um, the story of Ammon in the Book of Mormon, I mean, this is kind of the same thing, you know, where there's there's robbers that are scattering the flock so that they can take them for themselves. The same type of thing is happening here, and that's why they have this big enclosure. There's only one gate, and it's guarded by a single shepherd at night so that the rest can go home and, and rest. And... So now when you read that, it's like, oh, okay, this makes sense when the Savior's talking about how, you know, if, if you climb some other way, you're a thief and a robber. You know, the, the, the robbers, somebody that was trying to steal the sheep, would, would come in some different way because obviously the shepherd's not going to let them in that gate. But then it says the shepherd enters by the gate because the person at the gate, the shepherd that's at the gate, would recognize them and let them come in. So that makes the whole thing Makes so much more sense. So let's continue reading. Um, it says, This parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things they they were which he spake unto them. Which is weird because, well, this is a society that would understand shepherds. Then it says, All that ever come before me, and now I'm reading uh, Joseph Smith's translation, All that ever come before me who testified not of me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is an hireling, and not the shepherd, whose own sheep, who the sh- whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming, and leaveth the sheep, and fleeth, and the wolf catcheth them, and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth, because he is an hireling, and careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and know my sheep, and am known of the, of mine. And the Father knoweth me, even so I know the Father, know I the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. So a couple things here. You know, it, it again. He talks about he's you know he's talking about the sheepfold, and he talks about the door, and he says, "I am the door." And I think it's so interesting. He says, "If a man enter in, he shall be saved, and shall go in and out and find pasture." And just like the sheepfold, it was the door and the enclosure that protects the sheep. It allows them to go in and to go out. It allows them to be saved from thieves and robbers and wolves and and anything else that could hurt them. And it also allows them to find pasture the next day to be able to continue doing the things they need to do. So it's interesting how first he talks about being the shepherd, then he talks about the sh- being being the actual door to this sheepfold, to this enclosure, and just the different analogies that you can you can draw from this. The other thing I think is interesting um, is this idea of a hireling, and I looked this up. I I wasn't sure exactly what it means by a hireling, and essentially. What it comes down to is it's somebody that does a menial job and does it solely for the money. They don't care about anything besides the money. Um, so, I mean, this is these are people that don't have the best interest of the sheep in mind. 
And so the Savior's talking a little bit there about, um, you, know, you know, those that, that watch after the sheep, you know, and this, so this could be, um, you know, leaders and ministers and those, those types of people that don't have the sheep's best interest in mind, that don't have his people's best interest in mind. And he's saying he has their best interest in mind because he's willing to lay his life down for the sheep. So, um, and then if you go on in verse, in chapter 10, um, in verse 26, actually we'll go, we'll go back a little bit. So Christ is teaching in the temple on Solomon's porch. And in 24, it says, then came Jews round about him and said unto him, how long dost thou make us doubt? If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. So it's interesting because just in verse, in chapter nine, in what we talked about in episode um, 46, actually 45, um, you know, this is where the Savior said, you know, before Abraham was, I am. So he flat out told them who he was. But now here they are again saying, look, just tell us if you're Christ. And he responds by saying, I told you and ye believed not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But ye believe not because ye are not of my sheep. As I said unto you, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. And it goes on. And essentially, you know, it's again this idea of the sheep knowing the shepherd's voice. You know, in this um, in this explanation that, that Elder McConkie quotes, it talks about how when the shepherd would come, he would call his sheep and they would know who he is. So you'd have all these sheep together, but they would know who their shepherd is because the shepherds spent every single day with them. They were around them. They knew their sheep and their sheep knew them. There was a relationship there. And I don't have sheep. My grandfather actually um, was a was a sheep farmer and had lots of sheep. And my mom um, raised sheep growing up. So, I mean, I have some connection to sheep, but I don't know it very well. But I can tell you that I have a dog and my dog's very young, you know, he's only a few months old, but even now he knows my voice. And if I call him, he comes running. So I, I can understand the idea that sheep would know their voice. So with that in mind, I have three questions for you today. And, and one of them's a two part. So I guess it's kind of four, but first is what does it mean to hear Christ's voice? He says that his sheep know, hear his voice. So what does it mean to hear his voice? The second question is connected to it. What can we do to make sure we hear Christ's voice in our lives? And finally, the third question, what are some examples of thieves and robbers in our lives or wolves? And how can we protect ourselves from them? So again, the three questions, what does it mean to hear Christ's voice? What can we do to make sure that we hear Christ's voice in our lives? And what are some examples of thieves, robbers, and wolves in our lives? And how can we protect ourselves from them? All right, that's it for today. Now, I know, I know you want to hang out with me longer, but we both have a ton of things to do today, including living the gospel and trying to be like Jesus. Cue primary children singing. I'm trying to. 
But hey, if you want to get the links to everything we talked about today, you can find it on the episodes page of everydayconversion.com. You can also do cool stuff like subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast listening platform, sign up for email notifications of new episodes, and connect with us on social media there. It's kind of like a virtual church library without the militant librarians or a piece of paper to sign out your three tiny pieces of chalk for your lesson. Also, just remember, I do my best to make sure my opinions are in line with official church doctrine, but they are just that. They're my opinions. For official doctrine and viewpoints, I recommend you go to churchofjesuschrist.org or comeuntochrist.org.